Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, the new Temple Endowment movie. There's been a great deal of controversy surrounding this brand new Temple Endowment version that's been instituted throughout all the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in this month, the month of March 2023. Somebody went into an endowment, filmed the entire thing surreptitiously, and then somebody put it up on the internet, on YouTube. This has all happened in the last few days. Well, it wasn't long after the entire endowment was put up for public consumption on YouTube that the church filed a copyright strike against the person who put it up. That video was taken down. It is no longer available on YouTube, to my understanding. The good news is that a number of people, while it was still up on YouTube, downloaded it. And I have managed to obtain a copy of the download of the entire new temple endowment. Now, I haven't been to the temple in uh, around 10 years or so at this point. But I started going to the temple in November of 1979, right after I got to Provo, Utah, and entered into the Missionary Training Center preparatory to my going to Japan. See, I still got the lingo down. It's been a long time, but I remember. So going to Japan and went to the endowment, my first endowment in the Provo Temple. So that was back in 79. This had the full on names, signs, tokens, and penalties. It was not the earliest version of the endowment, but definitely an earlier version of the endowment. Lots of things in that endowment that are not contained in the endowment today or indeed past 1990 when a number of really significant changes were made. I did the penalties. I did the five points of fellowship through the veil. I did the pay, lay, ale, and I got to see the Protestant minister, the entire character who was sort of the dupe of Satan, the hireling of Satan to teach false doctrine to Adam and Eve. He got taken out in 1990. No more Protestant minister. But As I say, it's been a long time since I've been to the temple. There have been a number of changes. There's a new format. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this video. You'll hear the audio, but I'm going to play the audio and the video. And as it's going, I'm going to give you my takes on this new endowment film. Now, I have not watched it before now. I wanted to make sure that my my responses, my, my observations are going to be on the fly. And hopefully, it's going to work out. Eh. Well, let's let's just say it's a grand experiment, okay? So let's see what we can do here. I have it here on my iPhone. I have it hooked up to a Bose speaker, which is on the other side of my microphone from which I'm recording right now. Today's date is March 25th, 2023. It's 946 in the morning. And here we go. Let's see what we have here with this Temple Endowment film. Okay, I'm pushing go. I'm pushing play. There's a circle that's going around and around while it's thinking about whether it's going to release this very sacred information to me so that I can record it. So I'm just going to let it circle around and around. I'm not going to reveal who it was who sent it to me. Here we go. I think we have it. Yes, here we go. You can probably hear the background noise. Before beginning the endowment session, we share the following statement from the First Presidency of the Church. This is very important, this First Presidency statement. Since the Temple Endowment was first administered in this dispensation, occasional adjustments have been made by the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. 
Well, that much is true. A lot of changes have been made, just like I talked about. You will notice that additional adjustments have been made in presentation of the endowment, all of which are in harmony with the doctrine of the Savior's restored gospel. So don't worry about any of these changes. and ordinances remain the same. By the way, the changes are called adjustments in the endowment. If a change happens to the endowment, it's only an adjustment. Nothing to look at here, folks. Move along. It's also very important to know that all of the apostles have agreed that these changes are appropriate. Brothers and sisters, we welcome you to the temple and hope you will find a joy serving and worshiping in the house of the Lord today. Even though Joseph Smith was clear that Those the endowment and other ordinances could not endowment. repeat, not be sure changed, they had to be done exactly the way they were revealed. The Otherwise, people would not be able to be saved on For the same principle. representing deceased persons, the ordinances of washing, anointing, and clothing in the garment of the holy priesthood, together with the ordaining on behalf of deceased So what I'm looking at here is a video screen of another screen. It's the screen in the temple. And it appears that on that screen, which is white right now, the words that are being stated are appearing up there. It's like a movie with subtitles, but with no movie. Oh, there's the part where you got to stand if you didn't want to do this and leave. Doesn't look like anybody's standing or leaving. That's funny. I've never seen anybody stand or leave at this point. You get the warning after you go into the temple. In order to leave, you got to go through a lot of social barriers, let me tell you. Especially if your family and friends are present. After passing through the veil into the celestial room and in other areas in the temple, if you need to communicate, please whisper. Right, just whisper. helping us maintain the quiet reverence that should prevail in the house of the Lord. Right. I'm sure it was really quiet back in the original temple when they were killing animals right and left. Those temples were... Those animals are told, just be quiet while you're being sacrificed, okay? If you have to communicate the pain and agony you're undergoing, just whisper. Okay, animals, thank you for your cooperation. Oh, right. So now they're talking about the fact that you have just been washed and anointed. You have been washed and pronounced clean and anointed to become hereafter queens and priestesses in the new and everlasting covenant. Whoa, queens and priestesses? Just, I mean, the guys get to become kings and priests, but the women have to become queens and priestesses in the new and everlasting covenant? That sounds like polygamy. That's weird. Why are they bringing up polygamy in the temple endowment? Even though it's a veiled reference, pardon the pun. Polygamy is with us late and soon. Just see President Nelson's two wives and President Oak's two wives. The endowment is a gift from your heavenly father. Yay, it's a gift. It is a symbolic representation. It's a very expensive gift, by the way, because you have to pay 10% of your income in order to receive it. To your potential future As Hamlet would say, this is not revenge, this is higher end salary. Well, this is no gift. This is paid for. Wait, there's a slide now. There's Jesus on the screen. I've heard about this. Jesus actually makes some cameo appearances now in the endowment. He has never been in the endowment before this. A lot of people think that I'm wrong when I say that because they say, wait a second, there's Elohim, there's Jehovah, and Michael, and Jesus is Jehovah. Well, Jesus has been Jehovah only for the last hundred years in Mormonism. Prior to that, Jehovah was just another name for God the Father. 
I know it makes it a little more complicated, but the fact is, that was not Jesus until James Talmadge said it was Jesus, and the first presidency under Joseph F. Smith thought it was a good idea and adopted it as official church doctrine. Prior to that, Jesus never showed up in the temple under any guise, but now there's a slide of him. Okay, so this is really important that we know this about the endowment, and I'm sorry I've been talking over it. You will receive the blessings associated with that covenant. Yes, you just can't see them, but take our word for it. You're going to get those blessings, even if you don't see them. For God will not be mocked. Uh-oh, this is very bad. God will not be mocked. Well, I'm certainly not mocking God here, just the endowment. Oh, here we go. We get to find out about the five laws in advance with another slide of Jesus. The law of sacrifice. Sacrifice, right. The law of the gospel. Oh, they say of Jesus Christ now. Okay, good. So his name's there too. The law of consecration. Yes, that's the big law. Everything you have to the church. You will also receive tokens of the holy priesthood with your accompanying names and signs. But not penalties. No more penalties. Covenant never to reveal them except at a certain place in the temple that will be shown you. Oh, that's exciting. That place is going to be the veil, by the way. You will dress in the robes of the holy priesthood. And notice, this is to the men and the women. With righteousness, power, and glory. And priesthood, too, by the way. Let's not forget the priesthood that the women get clothed with in the temple endowment as well. If you are true and faithful, the day will come when you will be chosen, called up and anointed, kings and queens, priests and priestesses, through the holy order of matrimony in the new and everlasting covenant. Right. To rule and reign in the house of Israel forever. This sounds like the old language. We're now anointed only to become such. Right, don't get any ideas. You're not priests and priestesses, kings and queens yet. You're only anointed to become such, dang it. Not until you get the second anointing, which, by the way, is what this is referencing in the future. When you get the second anointing, then you will not just be anointed to become kings and queens, priests and priestesses, but you will be anointed as such. That's why it's such a hot item. People are lining up to get the second anointing. Meanwhile, the church is trying to make sure that nobody knows that the second anointing even exists, except for those who have received it. Right, got to be true and faithful to the covenants. Oh, there's another picture of Jesus. That's at least three pictures of Jesus I've seen. Which you were told never to reveal nor forget. How did Jesus get into the temple? This new name is a key word. Which you will be required Jesus to tends to do bad things when you let him anywhere near a temple, so this is definitely a bold move on the church's part. If any of you desire to withdraw rather than enter into these covenants of your own free will and choice, you may now make it known by raising your hand. And every hand goes up. No, I'm just kidding. No hands go up. No hands ever go up. If you said this before, you went to the temple, maybe you'd have people have a chance to make an informed decision, but this is not it. Jehovah, Michael, and Lucifer. Since the pre-mortal realm, God the Eternal Father has also been known as Elohim. Oh, we're going to get a theological lecture. See? This is not in the original. This is not from 1979, baby. This is new. Now we're saying that Jesus is Jehovah. Thank you, James Talmadge. As the presentation of the endowment begins, Elohim will preside over a council of his spirit children. Mm. He will present his plan for his children. Great. And Jehovah will be chosen as the Savior and 
Oh, nice spoiler alert, guys. Will rebel against Elohim, and he and those who follow him will be cast down. This is like when you watch a trailer for an action movie and they show you all the great scenes and you say, why do I need to go see the movie? I've already seen all the important stuff. They're taking all the surprise out of this. They will also organize man in their own likeness and image, male and female. So the prologue actually tells you everything that's going to happen in the endowment. Why not just have the prologue? Worlds without number have I created. Oh, Elohim's speaking now. Let's be quiet and pay attention. We have a slide that looks like a Hubble telescope picture with lots of galaxies. And my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Yes, that's from Moses, chapter 1, verse 39, I believe. We will make an earth whereon these may dwell. Mm -hmm. And we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. Oh, now we're going to splice it with from Abraham, chapter 3, I think. We will give unto them the law of sacrifice. This is we weird. It's like it's got a slide of one big galaxy talking to one little galaxy. Forth by the power of the redemption and the it reminds me of the opening scene of It's a Wonderful Life. into our presence and with us partake of eternal life and exaltation. Okay. That's a good goal. Whom shall I send? Send me. Mimi, send me. Jehovah. Here am I. Raising his hand in the back row like Arnold Horshack. Thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Ooh, what a kiss-ass. Here am I. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say Send that about me. the Savior of the world. I will be thy Actually, son, it's just Jehovah, so it's okay. I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost. And surely I will do this it. This is all new. Wherefore, give me thine honor. Oh my gosh, it's new in the endowment, but of course, it's been in the Mormon scriptures forever, especially in Moses. Who is my beloved son. That would be the book of Moses and the Pearl of Great Price. So Elohim chooses Jesus over Lucifer. And of course, you know, Lucifer, it's going to hit the fan. Because thou hast rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, thou shalt be cast down. Oh, Lucifer. He was insubordinate. He gets cast down. Okay, now... Jehovah, Michael, see, there is matter unorganized. Yeah, there's that unorganized matter, Go guys. And organize it into a world like unto the other worlds that we have formed. It's like cosmic Play-Doh. Oh, they took out heretofore. That we have heretofore formed. And the darkness, night. No more heretofore. Call your labors the first day and bring me word. It shall be done, Elohim. Make it so, number two. Let us go down. We will go down, Jehovah. Or is that number one? Either way, it shouldn't be done in public. See, here is matter unorganized. I found it. Here's the matter that's unorganized. world, like unto the other worlds that we have formed. We will divide. It's a good thing there's just unorganized matter lying around the universe. And the darkness, night. We will call our labors the first day and return and report. Okay. Elohim, we have done as thou oh, hast Oh, this commanded. is good. They're cutting out some of the middleman. The it used to go from Elohim to Jehovah to Michael, Michael Jehovah, to Jehovah to Elohim. Michael, go down again. Place a firmament 
to divide the waters which are in they the heavens really, they have really from the waters edited which are below the heavens. Down these uh, creation periods. Call your labors the second day. Which is all to the good, were. by the way. It shall be done. It used to take Amen. forever. Come, Michael. Let now it's just down. taking half of forever. We will go down, Jehovah. Michael, we will place a firmament to divide the waters which are in the heavens from the waters which are below the heavens. Interesting that they still have the firmament idea in dividing of waters, which is the way the ancient course. Hebrews, as well as other ancient cultures, Elohim, saw the cosmos. We have done as thou hast commanded. With an actual firmament of crystalline, hard day. substance. And it under it's the air that we breathe, and above it is the water. And the other water Jehovah, that's divided goes under the Michael, earth. This has absolutely nothing to do with how we have come to understand the structure the of the cosmos and the earth the in modern days. Apparently the temple endowment is Holy trying to bring back the old understanding. Great rivers and small streams to beautify and give variety to the face of the earth. There's a lot of beautification seeds, and variety all going kinds on. In the earth, that they may spring forth as grass, flowers, shrubbery, trees, and all manner of vegetation. At least they sort of got a soundtrack now. I don't recall a soundtrack before. It's not a very call engaging soundtrack. Third day and bring me word. I think they could pep it, it up a little bit. Elohim. Maybe throw in a few dance call numbers. Michael. Let us return again to the earth that we have organized. We will return, Jehovah. They're doing a really good job. There's a slide now. Michael, it looks like Hawaii. We will gather the There's waterfalls. And cause the dry land to appear. This is beautiful. The it's not like the old days in 1979 when at this part of the endowment we got to watch an animation earth. sequence from Disney's Fantasia. And hills. It was the part that was um, accompanying, I think it was Stravinsky's Rites of Spring. We will place seeds of all kinds in the earth, that they may spring forth as grass, flowers, now we're just getting pictures. shrubbery, trees, Lots of slides. They're pretty slides. They'd be nice screensavers on my computer. Each bearing seed in itself after its own kind. Yeah. We will call our labors the third day and return and report. Okay, we're halfway there. We're to the third Elohim, day. This is the third day part of the endowment. And have called our labors the third day. Must be Wednesday. It is good. Oh, it's time for more Jehovah, than this alive. Michael, return and cause the lights in the firmament to appear. Okay, so the now we got to make the lights in the, the firmament. We got to create the sun. The now, keep in mind, we've just Called planted the seeds. They've grown. They got wonderful trees and grass and flowers and everything on the earth. Created. Oops. But now we got to create the sun. The fourth day. What is not explained is how they got the grass it and the trees and the seeds Elohim. to grow without any sun. Come, Michael, let us go down. That's why we need we revelation down, to understand Jehovah. the endowment. Michael, that's what they we were saying earlier. The you may not have heard it because appear. I was talking too much. The I apologize. To rule the day See, the there's a the greater to light to rule the, the day. There's the sun. Yay! It's created. The stars also to appear and give light to the earth. The same as with other worlds created. We will and call they keep repeating that they've done this before. And over and over again. And you know, it's funny. You think that if they'd done Elohim, this over and over again for this world, they wouldn't need Elohim to be telling them exactly everything to do on every day. single day. It is good. You think they know Jehovah, it by now. Michael, 
Now that the earth is formed, divided, and beautified, and vegetation is growing thereon. Yep, that vegetation that grew thereon before the sun was created. Of all kinds in the waters, and fowls in the air in all their varieties. Okay, time for fish and birds. Command the fishes and the fowls to multiply in their respective elements, each after its kind. I think the plural of fish is fish. They keep calling it fishes. I think that may be a remnant of the King James Version coming through the Temple Endowment. I'm not sure. Let us go down. We will go down, Jehovah. Yep, they're going down again. Michael. They have an express elevator between the earth and heaven. And vegetation is growing thereon. We will place fishes of all yep, kinds fishes. in the waters. You know, when Elohim says it's fishes, you don't correct it. You just go along with it. You don't say Elohim, I think it's fish. It's both the singular and the plural. No. If Elohim says fishes, you just go along with it. And you just say fishes in response. The fifth day and return and report. Okay, fifth day. We're getting there. We're getting very close now. We have done as thou hast commanded and have called our I'm glad they edited this in the original version. It took almost as long to describe the creation as to accomplish it in the first place. Jehovah, Michael, return again and place beasts upon the land. The elephant, the lion, the tiger, the bear, yay, the horse, and all Was I the only one who, when they talked about lions, tigers, and bears, had to think about the Wizard of Oz? The beasts, the insects, all creeping things the Wizard of Oz came out after the endowment, so that's an evidence that the Wizard of Oz is inspired of God. Also, command the earth and everything thereon to fill the measure of their creation and have joy therein. Then These are going to be some happy animals. They're going to have joy in the measure of their creation. Michael. That looks like Let an orangutan. Again to the earth that we have organized. Or is that Adam? We will return, Jehovah. No, I think it's an orangutan. We'll find out. Michael, we will place beasts. It's interesting. They have a lingering shot on that the orangutan. The lion. The tiger. The bear. Oh my. The horse. And all other manner of life upon the earth. We will I just think it's funny beasts. that they have. An ape, a great ape, who's showing on the screen a long time, well, a short time actually, before Adam is going to be created. It's almost like they're hinting that evolution is a thing. Everything thereon to fill the measure of their creation and have joy therein. Even though obviously orangutans would have gone along a different line of development than mankind did. It is good, Jehovah. At least that's how I now understand. Now that the earth is formed with vegetation growing thereon and provided with all manner of life, it is glorious and beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It is, Michael. Elohim, we have done as thou hast commanded. This looks like a shot on the Serengeti. Everything's Jehovah, good. We did everything Michael, that you told us to do just the way you told us to. And now you Mormons watching this video, we've set the example for you. Go and do likewise. Jehovah, do everything you're told to do. Michael, then let us go down and form man in our own likeness. Okay, in finally, the action is about to start. Okay, so now we've got a slide that shows Adam and Eve, I'm assuming. And let us give them dominion over all things on the face of the earth. They look like they came straight out of the late 1960s with those haircuts. Eastward in Eden. Eastward in Eden. And place them in it to tend and cultivate it, that they may be happy 
and have joy therein. We created this entire planet and cosmos so that these two people can go down and, and keep a garden. Earth, that they may have joy in their posterity. Oh wait, now they're showing a picture that has all these people on it. This is going to be their future posterity. Place before them the tree of knowledge which of may or may not be the same as their pre-mortal posterity. Lucifer, Shades of Adam God. Oh, there's a picture of a big tree. That they may know by their own experience the good from the evil. Right, they have to learn for themselves the good from the evil. If they yield to temptation, we will give unto them the law of sacrifice. You think they would have figured out what happens to the evil people in the pre-mortal existence the when they saw Satan and all the people who followed him get kicked out. But no, they have to find out on the earth in a garden. It involves a couple of trees and a snake. There's another picture of Jesus. Wow, Jesus is all over the temple now. And we will rest from our labors for a season. Come, let us go down. Okay. We will go down. We will go down. We'll do exactly what you say. Jehovah, see the earth that we have formed. Yes, it's right there, there where no we left it. To till and take care of it. We are here to form man in our own likeness and in our own image. That is a great idea. We will do so. You look Elohim. fantastic, Elohim. Let's form the man in your Jehovah, image. Man is now organized. And we will put into him his spirit, ah. the breath of life, that he may become a living soul. The Ruach Elohim, the spirit of God. Jehovah. Here's, Je here's uh, not Jesus, I'm sorry, here's Adam. So they got a slide of Adam. He's sort of awake. It's another slide. There's we no movie here. Deep sleep to come upon this man. He just woke up. You're going to put him back to sleep? And we will take from his side a rib ah. from which we will form a woman. The old creation. That they may be companions and helpmeets for one another, and they shall cleave unto one another. Brothers and sisters, this is Michael who helped form the earth. Here we get the big key. When this is Michael. Michael is Adam. Which Elohim and Jehovah have caused to come upon him. But for some reason, when Michael, like a, little child, a spirit apparently, enters the body of Adam, he forgets everything. The priesthood was first given to Adam, and he holds the keys of it from generation to generation. Wait a second, that's an add-on. That's from Joseph Smith. You're throwing teachings of Joseph Smith into the temple endowment now. Adam, awake and arise. All the brothers will please arise. Okay, I'm standing up here. Can you hear them standing? Adam, here is a woman whom we have formed that you may be companions and helpmeets for one another. Adam's definitely arising now. One what will you call her? Well, she will how about Eve? Eve. Oh, he knew because it. she's the mother of all living. She's the mother of all living. That is right, Wasn't that a strange expression when you first heard it? The mother of all There's nobody there. She will be called it's just Adam, it's just Eve. They're just getting acquainted. They haven't been married. They certainly haven't had sex. They haven't had kids. So who is this all living thing that they're talking about? The animals? We have organized for you this earth and have planted a garden. Better not go there. Okay. They're looking up at I guess they're looking up at God. And replenish the earth that you may have joy and rejoicing in your posterity. Okay, so they are gonna have posterity. Jehovah. Introduce Adam and Eve into the garden which we have prepared for them. 
It shall be done, Elohim. Now they get introduced into this really we now sweet go garden. Adam and Eve into the garden. The brothers will please be seated. Oops. I forgot I was standing. Time to sit down. Adam, Eve. Oh. We have created this earth and have placed upon it all kinds of vegetation and animal life. Okay, quit your bragging. We have commanded all these to multiply in their own sphere and element. We give you dominion over all these things. We now command you to multiply and replenish the earth that you may have joy and rejoicing in your posterity. This is one of the strange things because in a Mormon doctrine, they can't multiply and replenish the earth because they are not fallen. In Mormon doctrine, Adam and Eve did not have the power of procreation until they fell. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. So I don't know why they're saying about having joy in your posterity when you can't have any. But remember, oh, wait a second. Here's the big catch, the, thereof, the tree you cannot eat of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Remember these what we know, and what Elohim knows, but what Adam and Eve don't know, is now, that if they break the commandment of God, of God and eat from the fruit of that tree, happy, then they'll be able to have joy joy there. We shall go away. It's all kind of confusing, really. Again, this is why you need revelation in order to understand it. Okay, there's a picture of the tree wow. again. Oh, Lucifer's yeah, here. A new world here. A new world. Where the heck did he come from? Yes. A new world. Why doesn't Adam say, who the hell are you? I turned out to the old one where we used to live. You don't look like Eve. I know nothing about any other world. Oh, I see. Your eyes are not yet opened. You've forgotten everything. I like this Lucifer. You He's young. He's got a nice smile. He kind of looks like Chris Pratt. Adam, here is some of the fruit of this tree. It will make you wise. I will not partake of that fruit. No, because Adam's going to do what God told him to. Adam is a good man. I should surely die. You shall not surely die, but shall be as the gods, knowing good and evil. Funny thing is, it sounds ominous, and yet later God's going to say Satan was right, and actually, well, yes, you see. have become as the gods, knowing good and evil. At least in Genesis. So Lucifer is the one trying to lead them to light the knowledge. God is the one trying to keep them in the dark. Any similarity between that scenario and today is purely coincidental. I'm your brother. Because the church says, I'm like Lucifer. You? My brother? But the church is the one trying to keep you in the dark. Just like in the endowment. I'm the one trying to tell you the truth. Trust me. I want you to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good So having failed with Adam, of course Lucifer's going to go to Eve. And that is the way Father gained his knowledge. You must eat of this fruit so as to comprehend that everything What on earth kind of fruit is that? He's got it in his hand. It's another slide. It looks like nothing I've ever seen. It looks like a pomegranate turned inside out. Light and darkness. Health and sickness. Pleasure and pain. Mmm. Give me some of that pleasure. Thus your eyes will be opened. And you will have knowledge. Oh, he's doing a much better sales pitch with Eve. 
Is there no other way? No, of course, there's no other way. Trust me. There's no other way. Then I will partake. Why are you listening to this bum in the garden who's not God? He has no glory. You've never seen him before. You haven't asked even who he is. You haven't even looked at his driver's license. There. Now go and get Adam to partake. Yes, I couldn't, but I'll bet you can, honey. And actually, she does. Oh, Adam, now there's a slide of her holding out this fruit. fruit. It is delicious to the taste and very desirable. It is so good, you won't believe it. It'll Dude. knock your socks off. Do you, if you know had socks. what fruit that is? Yes. It is the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of course I know what it is. I cannot partake of it. I just ate it. Do it's the tree of knowledge. How would I not know what it is? not to partake of the fruit of that tree? Do you intend to obey all of Father's commandments? Whoa, yes, rebellious spirit there, little Eve. I like it. Do you remember that Father commanded us to multiply and replenish the earth? Yeah, Adam. I have partaken of this fruit, and by so doing shall be cast out. And you will be left alone man in the Garden of Eden. How are we going to have kids if you can't get to me, honey? Eve, I see that this must be. Adam figures it out. I will partake that man may be. Adam is such a martyr. He's got a total martyr complex going. He's practically on a cross as he's right. eating this fruit. Oh, and Lucifer thinks he's won. Because this has never been done on any other world, and he has no idea that he's playing right into Elohim's hands by doing this. Oh, wait, it has been done on other worlds. He's such a slow learner. You gotta love Lucifer. Yes. Oh, rats. Now you they know who I am. Well, it's too late now, guys. We are looking for Father to come down to give us further instructions. Well, Father's been busy. Otherwise, oh, he would have showed up Father and cast me out before I got you to eat of that fruit of the tree. Jehovah, we promised Adam and Eve that we would visit them. I wonder what's been going on with them while they've been down there. I have no omniscience to tell. We will go down, Elohim. Yeah, let's go down and check it out. I hear their voices. <laughs> they are coming. See, you are naked. Father will see your nakedness. Quick, hide. Come, let us hide. Let's do everything that guy Lucifer tells us to do, because he just looks so cool. The eyes of Adam and Eve were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Brothers and sisters, please put on your aprons. Okay, so now everybody there gets to put on their aprons, tie them around their waist, in order to continue the symbolic reenactment of the Adam and Eve story. All the men are symbolically Adam, all the women are symbolically Eve. I'm not sure how they couldn't figure out they were naked before, when God and Elohim and all the people who keep appearing to them have these nice robes on. From head to toe, they're completely covered. All you can see is their feet and their hands and their faces. But now they figure out that they are naked, so they gotta put Adam. on some aprons. Adam. Not to be confused with Masonic Adam. aprons, by the way. Where art thou? Uh-oh. I heard thy voice and hid myself because I was naked. Mm. Who told thee that thou wast naked? 
Hast thou partaken of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? You weren't supposed to know we you were naked. Not to partake. I mean, what was it? Were the, the angels the and the gods up in heaven getting their jollies, watch, 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 watching them waltz around Eve. the garden naked, and now that's been what taken away from them? They sound very disappointed. Me, and I did eat. That Lucifer, serpent, dad got What hast thou been doing here? I have been yes. doing that which has been done in other worlds. Dummies, don't you remember? I have been giving some of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil to them. It's crazy. It's like God Lucifer, is saying at the beginning, we're doing what's been done on other worlds several times. And then Lucifer does what's been done on other worlds several times. And then God says to Lucifer, what the heck are you doing? All the days of my life. So Lucifer has to say, well, if just what's been done on other worlds. Me for doing the same thing which has been done in other worlds. This suggests Elohim is suffering from late stage Alzheimer's. He can't remember what's been going on on other worlds. It's like every day he wakes up in a new universe. I will enmity between thee and the seed of the woman. Thou mayest have power to bruise his heel. Right. But he shall have power to crush thy head. You don't want to cheese off Elohim, because now you're going to get a curse, pal. With that enmity, Ooh. I will take the treasures of the earth, and with gold and silver treasures I will of the earth and gold and, and silver of the earth. priests who oppress and tyrants who Is destroy. Is that an echo of money digging? I will reign with blood and horror on this earth. Lucifer is very, Depart. very upset about this. He's saying, you've messed with the wrong guy. Jehovah, let cherubim and a flaming sword be placed to guard the way of the tree of life. Lest Adam and Eve put forth their hands and partake the fruit thereof and live forever in their sins. Is this the same Shall angel with the flaming sword die. that came to command Joseph Smith to practice polygamy? Let cherubim and the flaming sword be placed to guard the way of the tree of life, lest Adam and Eve put forth their hands and partake of the fruit thereof and live forever in their sins. Yeah, if you put forth your hands to partake of it that tree, it's going to get no. cut off by an angel with a flaming sword. You Adam, get two tries, just two. Because thou hast partaken of the forbidden fruit, the earth shall be cursed for thy sake. Whoa! You're kidding me? I eat an apple and the entire world gets cursed? It shall bring forth that was thorns, some fruit. thistles, briars, and noxious weeds to afflict and torment man. Oh my gosh. And by the sweat of thy face shall If I'd had any idea all this was going to happen, I would have said no. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. It doesn't really seem Adam, fair that God just tells them Eve, don't partake of it and doesn't tell them what's going to happen if they do. Of the forbidden fruit, if you will covenant that from this time forth you will keep the law of obedience, oh. we will give unto you the law of sacrifice, and we will provide a savior for you. Oh, slide of the happy Adam and Eve. They're happy now. Presence, and with us partake of eternal life and exaltation. They're very happy about this news. Brothers and sisters, so you've been disobedient. Consider yourselves as if you were respectively Adam and Eve. See what I mean about the men being Adam, the women being Eve. Adam, Eve, we will now put you under covenant to keep the law of obedience. Yeah, since you totally screwed it up the first time around, you disobedient kids, you. Brothers and sisters, you're disobedient. You took the fruit of the tree. You told you not to partake of. So now we're going to put you under a covenant to be obedient to what we tell you. Maybe if they'd had the covenant first, they wouldn't have had this whole problem. 
each of you solemnly Okay, so Adam and Eve are raising their right hands to the square. Angels and these witnesses, that you will keep the law of obedience as it has been explained to you. Each of you bow your head and say yes. I am bowing my head. Yes. I am saying yes. Thank we will you. be obedient. We will do what we are told. Jehovah, inasmuch as Adam and Eve have discovered their nakedness, make coats of skins as a covering for them. It shall be done. Okay. Elohim. What animal is it we're supposed to kill in Brothers order to make sisters, these coats of skins, Elohim? The garment which has been placed upon you is to cover your nakedness and represents the coat of skins spoken of. If it was a cheetah, it would be very stylish. Adam and Eve, please come to the altar. Brothers and sisters, No longer do witness couples go to the altar. As if you were they just have slides Adam of Adam and, and Eve. Eve being at an altar, looking up adoringly we at will now put you under the glowing Elohim and Jehovah. The law of sacrifice as contained in the Holy Scriptures. Okay, so now we get to sacrifice. The law of sacrifice was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Oh, what this is, is you've just been un put under the law of obedience. To be obedient, the law of sacrifice is going to be when we tell you to do something, you do it. And the law of sacrifice is if we tell you to do something, even though it sounds batshit crazy to do it, do it anyway and you'll be blessed. I know not, save the Lord commanded. The law of sacrifice is like the law of obedience on steroids. Similitude of the sacrifice of the only begotten of the Father. Right, this is the story out of Moses, the book of Moses. Oh, and another slide of Jesus. Thou shalt do all that thou doest in the name of the Son, and thou shalt repent and call upon God in the name of the Son. And another slide of Jesus. He's everywhere. The posterity of Adam down to Moses, and from Moses to Jesus Christ, offered up the first fruits of the field and the firstlings of the flock, which continued until the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And another slide which of Jesus. Sacrifice by the shedding of blood. Right. And as Jesus Christ has laid down his life for the redemption of mankind, so you should covenant to keep the law of sacrifice, which is that you will offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit and sacrifice all else that I, the Lord God, require of you so that you can become holy without spot through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So the sacrifice is one of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, sisters, and on top of that, anything else we tell you to sacrifice. Please raise your arm to the square as instructed. Each of you bring your right arm to the square. And now we got a slide of Adam and Eve bringing their right arm to the square, looking up at Elohim and Jehovah. And promise before God, angels, and these witnesses. This is very solemn. Before God, angels, and these witnesses. In the Holy Scriptures, as it has been explained to you. Absolutely. Each of you bow your head and say yes. Yes, we will do whatever you tell us to do, even if it doesn't make any sense, and even if you ask us to sacrifice anything up to and including our lives, you got it, baby. Before doing this, we desire to impress upon your minds the sacred character of the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood. Okay, now comes the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood. They're going to impress upon you its sacred nature, as well as all the other tokens of the Holy Priesthood. 
they are most sacred and are guarded by solemn covenants made in the presence of God, angels, and these witnesses to hold them sacred. And yes. under no condition will you ever reveal them except at a certain place in the temple that will be shown you. Which is going to be the veil. We know that. The We've been there before. The okay, hang on a second here. Because I'm going to put the volume all the way down on this. I think that even though I'm talking about the temple today and the new temple endowment, I'm not going to play the part that describes how the actual tokens, covenants, actually it's not covenants, tokens, signs, and names are performed. Because that is really the heart of the temple. I don't want to be offensive to those who consider the temple to be sacred. I know I certainly considered it sacred at one point in my life. And it's not something that should be bruited about publicly. So I don't want to offend anybody. And frankly, I took these promises, made these oaths to keep these things sacred as well. I know that I don't think they are today what I thought they were then. But nevertheless, it's important to note, though, that even according to Elder Bednar in a recent conference address, it is the, hang on a second. Oh, no, they're still talking about how you make the sign and everybody's going to make the sign. Actually, it's a, no, now they're getting into the sign, the first sign of the Aaronic priesthood. And then there's uh, explain the covenant associated with it. Okay, so what's the covenant? If I were receiving my own endowment today, and had been given the name of John as my new name. Okay, I think this I is fine to talk about. I would in my mind these words after making the sign. I, John, covenant before God, angels, and these witnesses, that I will never reveal the first token of the Aaronic priesthood with its accompanying name and sign. Brothers and sisters, as invited by Elohim, please make the sign as instructed. Okay, so everybody's going to make the sign. Each of you make the sign of the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood by bringing your right whoa, arm... Whoa, 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 Okay, sorry, I had to get that thing, the volume down, because they were almost going to say it. Okay, so notice also that the women are making the sign and receiving the token of the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood. And that's very interesting, because in the temple, the men and the women as well receive the Aaronic priesthood, and then they will both receive the Melchizedek priesthood, and then they will officiate in the ordinances of both priesthoods, both the men and the women, at the prayer circle and in going through the veil. Let's see what's going on now. Maybe we're past that sacred part. Yes, and it was Elder Bednar who said that it was the name, signs, and tokens that you couldn't talk about in the temple. Anything else was free game. I'm just following his apostolic direction. We go now with Adam and Eve into the lone and dreary world. Okay, so they're out of the garden. They're into Brothers the lone sisters, and dreary world. This represents the celestial kingdom, or the world in which we now live. Okay. So Adam and this Eve would be like the world. Finding themselves in the lone and dreary world, built an altar and offered a prayer. And these are the words Adam uttered. Oh God. Hear the words of my mouth. It is so interesting that they built an altar oh, to God. offer prayer. I wonder where they hear got the, the that idea. Because altars are usually for oh, sacrificing God. something on top hear of the words of my mouth. Instead, they put a bunch I of rocks on top of each other and knelt down what and prayed at the pile of rocks. You? I am the God of this world. Here's Lucifer again. You, the God of this world, 
and Adam doesn't know who he is again. He says, who are you? Well, I'm the guy that Hilo he just got done chastising, cursing, and throwing out of the garden right in front of you. You don't remember? You want religion, do you? This is where the Protestant minister came in. Because he introduced him, and then the Protestant minister did teach, especially about the, um, the Trinity, in ridiculous terms that were designed to evoke Jehovah laughter and derision in the Peter, audience. James and John to visit Adam and Eve in the telestial world without disclosing their identity. Have them observe conditions. Okay, this is the weirdest part. It was always weird at the beginning, but it became a part that I loved that Peter, James and John, who are the apostles in the New Testament, are suddenly being transported back in time to appear as true apostles of Jesus Christ. Or actually they're going to go down incognito at first. But they show up with Adam and Eve. Through the ages, Heavenly Father has sent messengers to communicate with his children. Oh, we get some new explanation. Peter, James, and John symbolically represent such messengers. Oh, they're just symbolic now. Good morning, gentlemen. What are you doing here? It's so much better when they were the real thing because it didn't make any sense. It was a total collision of time and space. How is this teaching received? It was like an Ant-Man movie. Many receive it very well. But these people do not seem to believe what is being taught. Good morning. What do you think of this teaching? We are looking for messengers from our Father to teach us. That is good. Have you been true to the covenants you made in the Garden of Eden? Have you any money? We have sufficient you know, for our needs. Oh, that's a great line. We have sufficient you for our needs. You buy anything in this world with money. That is so funny to have that coming have from a church that just covenant. got sanctioned $5 million by the SEC. And are looking for the further light and for defrauding the federal government and filing falsified forms right. in order to conceal how we much freaking money over 40 billion dollars they have in the u.s stock market alone but they have lucifer saying you can get anything you want in this world for money like that's now a bad thing uh-oh i rain from the rivers to the ends of the earth you get it he rains in the rivers no, kidding. No one dares to oppose me. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. No one dares to oppose or make afraid. Well, Jehovah, he got some lines cut, didn't he? I have to tell you, though, it is funny that Peter, James, and John have to go down incognito to appear to Adam and Eve. Apparently, they might recognize them if they didn't go down incognito. And yet, these are the people who don't recognize Lucifer, not once in the garden, but twice after they get kicked out of the garden. These people, Adam and Eve, wouldn't recognize Peter, James, and John if they came down with neon signs saying they were apostles. James, and John. Elohim, Peter, James, and John have been down to Adam and Eve in the telestial world and have done all, all right, now we're getting the report. Yes, we know this. It is good. That's really good. All they really did Jehovah, was they went down there and they found out that they had been Peter, true to their covenants. To go down in their true character. Now they can go down in their the true character. Christ, to Adam and Eve. You know, there is speculation that this whole bit about the apostles was not present in Joseph Smith's original endowment, but it was something that was created by Brigham Young and placed into the endowment in Utah in order to buttress the authority claims that the apostles had since they had taken over leadership in the church. It is 
that they will exercise faith unto repentance. Oh, here's another covenant. Come unto Jesus Christ. More slides of Jesus. In his name. Jesus owns this endowment now. Holy Ghost, receive my ordinances, obey my commandments, and endure to the end that they might become perfected. And a lot of people have said what I think is obvious that the reason that they seem to be going backwards, let me mention they're going backwards with their technology. When I was on my mission in Japan, we had these slide projectors, they were paying, but we had to go through each slide and play an audio tape, a cassette tape, and we turn to a new scene each time that the little bell sounded in the audio tape. Well, technology advanced, and then we started getting, or these other missionaries did, not me. They got videos they could play. So they were progressing along with the technology. That makes sense. The Temple Endowment is doing the opposite. They had a film, and they've had a film since the 1950s. Now they're going backward, and now they're just showing slides. And bring me word. It's a strange it thing. And as I say, many people have speculated, and I think rightly, that the reason they're doing this is so that they can make a whole bunch of more changes without changing I am the Peter. presentation. I am James. I am John. They're not going to have to refilm things. Yes. I thought I knew you. From the top. What are you going to do now? They can just change the language and still we have will the slides. You without further argument. But of course, if that's true, over my kingdom, oh, hang on, my this is a dramatic part, Lord. I'm sorry. Now you want to take possession of the whole of it. I have a word to say concerning these people. Okay, here comes. If they do not keep every covenant they make in this temple today, not even once, club. They will be in my power. Oh, says you. Satan, we command you to depart. By what authority? In the name of Jesus Christ, our Master. Not in the name of the priesthood, interestingly. Oh, he's going. He's leaving. We're having slides. He's trotting off the field. He's mad. When you repent with he's saying, intent and seek forgiveness, you may be cleansed and forgiven through the atonement of Jesus Christ. This is totally new. By exercising faith in him, you will be given strength to overcome trials. Oh my gosh. And it's as scintillating as a general conference talk. For it is by his grace that you are saved. After all you can do. Yes, we must know it is only after all we can do that we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And indeed, what Satan just said to everybody was, if you don't do absolutely everything that you are told to do here today and your covenant to do here today, then you'll be in my power. By our giving unto you the token and sign you received in the Garden of Eden. You don't want to step off that line even for a second. What is that? The first token of the Aaronic priesthood. Has it a name? Oh, this is good because now Adam gets to use the first token of the Aaronic priesthood with its sign in order to identify Peter as a true apostle of Jesus Christ. Now we know that you are true messengers sent down from Father. See how These easy that was? true messengers. We urge you to give strict heed to their counsel and teachings, and they will lead you in the way of life and salvation. Blessed be the name of God. For because of my transgression, my eyes... A little handshake and a little sign, and, and you are in like Flynn. 
and again in the flesh, I shall see. Because there's no way anybody God. else could figure out what the name or the sign is. For our or the token, for that matter. And never should have known good and evil and the joy of our redemption. Okay, so this is putting the happy twist on this tragedy. That Eve says, now we get it. This is the way to happiness. We wouldn't have been happy in the garden. We just thought we were happy. Now we're out here having all sorts of trials and tribulations, meeting crazy people, getting threatened with our eternal damnation. And But this is happiness. This is real happiness. Thanks, God. Brothers and sisters, please consider yourselves as if you were respectively Adam and Eve. Oh, this is another one where they got to come up to we the altar. We are required to give unto you the law of the gospel of Jesus Christ as contained in the Holy Scriptures. The law of the gospel. That's not it an act. that you will exercise faith under repentance. Come unto Jesus Christ. Be baptized in his name. Whoa, this is all Be new. Be sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Receive God's ordinances. Obey his commandments and endure to the end. Well, I'm glad it's a simple gospel. perfected through the atonement of Jesus Christ. To help you live this law, we're also instructed to give unto you a charge, to love the Lord your God and your neighbor, and to avoid all light-mindedness, unworthy thoughts and actions, evil speaking of the Lord's anointed, the taking of the name of God in vain, and every other unholy and impure practice and to cause you to receive these by covenant. Okay, so that's going to help us be perfect. That's going to help us keep the gospel. Please raise your arm to Or the law of the gospel. Now, excuse me, I'm putting down the volume now because they're going to be talking about the second token of the Aaronic priesthood. Um, and they've got a slide up there with Peter now who is giving this sign to Adam and Eve who are kneeling at the altar which doesn't look like it was ever used to sacrifice anything on it. So the idea now is that we have Jesus who is the gospel. He's given us the gospel. He's given us this way to be forgiven of our sins. And yet it's in Mormonism that this gospel is associated with a law. This is the law of the gospel. And the law of the gospel is helped by giving everybody this charge, right? And the charge to help them live the law of the gospel is to avoid any light-mindedness. Now, it used to say, or loud laughter. That part has been taken out. It was never clear to me why it was there in the first place, so it's also not clear to me why it's been taken out. What was there about loud laughter that God did not like? What was there about loud laughter that would cause you to violate the law of the gospel and fall short of eternal life? None of that is clear. What is clear is that there's no laughter going on in this temple and not in the endowment. It's anything but entertaining. There's no laughter. It's very Johnny One Note. It's all very soft tones. It's all very uninteresting and boring. So there's no chance of anybody laughing at this in the temple, at least not in a loud way. Now, the other thing about this is that what was retained in this charge to help people live the law of the gospel, is that there is to be no evil speaking of the Lord's anointed. And when that is said, that means the leaders of the church, certainly the top leader, President Nelson, and all the other apostles. And as far down from there as you want to go, I suppose you can, but definitely the top 15, there is to be no evil speaking of them. If you speak evil of an apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you are violating the law 
of the gospel, and there is no salvation for you. You will have to be content with a lower kingdom. And so let's see what's going on now. Okay, we got Peter. Okay, so now Peter's telling everybody to make the second sign of the Aaronic priesthood, which Adam does, which Eve does. She's doing it right now. There's another slide. And so all the women are taking these signs upon them and they are going to officiate in the ordinances of the Aaronic priesthood. In a second, they'll be officiating, taking on them the signs of the Melchizedek priesthood, both of them, and officiating in those ordinances. This is why many scholars, or at least some scholars, have seen in the endowment, the equalization and the democratization of the bestowal of the priesthood, at least insofar as the Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood are concerned. You see, it's it's habit forming. I sound like I'm doing the temple endowment right there as far as they're concerned. So the women get it, the men get it, everybody gets it equally, everybody exercises it equally, at least in terms of the endowment ceremony itself. Now, I think that just as the five points of fellowship, the meaning of that got lost, and just as the meaning of other things in the endowment got lost and then changed or deleted, even so, this whole idea, which is as big as Dallas, as obvious as it possibly could be, that women are receiving and officiating in the ordinances of the Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthood in the temple endowment, the meaning of that has been lost. And it's only there that it happens. It's almost like it's an artifact from another place and time, which it kind of is. Okay, let's see what's going on now. Okay, we're going to go right to the Melchizedek priesthood, right? Things are going to start happening much quicker now. We're not going to have a lot more of the drama. Yeah, we're going to get the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood and be put under the covenant of the law of chastity. Oh, here it is. Sexual relations only with those to whom they are legally and lawfully wedded. According to my law. Oh, according to my law. Give unto them the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood. So that, according to my law, is new. It used to just be according to their, uh, they shouldn't have sexual relations other than with their uh, wife or spouse whom they are legally and lawfully wed. Well, after the Supreme Court decision came down in 2015 saying that gay marriage was legal, they have to change that language and say, according to my law. And of course, according to my law, when Elohim says that, no, that's no gay marriage. That violates his law. He's got a lot of laws. Replace the apron. Oh, good. Replace the apron. Tie the girdle with the bow on the left side. Okay, so this is a description of how to put Sisters, the robe on. Sisters, place the veil on your head. By the way, it does appear that Brothers, they did not put the, the robe on, on when they the received the Aaronic priesthood. Only now that they're receiving the Melchizedek priesthood do they put the robe on. Okay, so they're going to clothe, right? So it used to be you'd put your robe on when you received the first token of the Aaronic priesthood. And then when you went to the Melchizedek priesthood tokens, names, and signs, you would actually almost have to take the whole thing off and change it so that it was sort of opposite from the way it was. You had something over your shoulder, the robe over your one shoulder, and then you changed it to the other shoulder. You changed your hat around. In order to do that, you had to take off the sash, you had to take off the apron, you had to take off your shoes and put them back on. It was a whole procedure. It was a huge rigmarole. But now it looks like they're avoiding some of that by changing it to make it so you don't put on any robes at all, just the apron with the Aaronic priest. But now you're only putting on your robes with the introduction of the Melchizedek priesthood to the men and to the women. So this is going to take a little time. We've got a video here 
of someone showing this happening. It appears that the person who is taking the video is participating as well. Yeah, it's kind of going around as they're bending around and putting on their own clothes, their own temple clothes. By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, you are not naked at this point in the temple. You're actually wearing white pants if you're a man and a white shirt and white socks. So the temple robes go over that. So when you're putting on temple robes and taking them off, it's not like you're standing there naked or anything. I just wanted to mention that for those of you who might be more puerile in your tastes. No, there's nothing at all that interesting going on in the temple. I'm sorry to say. All right, so now we're going and they're continuing to put things on. You know, I was terrified when I was at the temple when we were doing the clothing changes and the robes because I didn't want to be the last man standing. That happened on my first time through the temple. I was the last person standing. I had no idea what I was doing. I don't have anybody there with me. I had to have one of the, the, the witnesses come from the front and help me out. But after that, I made it a point that no matter what happened, I wasn't going to be the last man standing again. Okay, it looks like just about everybody's gotten their, their robes on for the introduction of the Melchizedek priesthood because that will have its own first set of name signs and tokens and then it will have its second set at least the signs and tokens the name you get of the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood only at the veil and only from a man representing God on the other side of the veil though not so close as to be on the five points of fellowship through the veil I'm really hoping this recording is coming through at all because this is an experiment. I got no idea how this is sounding. So they have a slide up on the screen that shows the appropriate way to put on your temple robes and your hat if you're the man. Some people have asked if the baker's hat is still there. Yes, it is. The veil for the women. Yes, it is. Though it's not over the face. I understand it doesn't go over the face anymore during the the holy order of prayer, the prayer circle. Okay, well this is all very good. I can't understand what's taking so long, really. If I'd been there, this would have been over five minutes ago. I'm lickety split now. All right. Well, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, and this part of the endowment only goes as fast as the slowest dresser. Now, almost everybody has been dressed in their robes and seated, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves now because they're not the last people who are putting on their robes. Yes, there's judgmentalism all throughout Mormonism. <laughs> At least the way I experienced it. All right. Well, we're still waiting for somebody, apparently. Okay, I think that they're done. I think everybody's gotten their robes, their aprons, and their hats on. The screen fades, and now maybe we should be ready to go on with the we endowment. We now enter the terrestrial world. Okay, we were in the terrestrial. We're moving on up to the terrestrial world. Please come to the altar. Brothers and sisters, please consider yourselves as if you were respectively Adam and Eve. Okay, so now there's a slide of Adam and Eve. The same we characters as Adam and Eve, but they're wearing their temple chastity. robes. 
which is that God's sons and God's daughters shall have sexual relations only with those to whom they are legally and lawfully wedded according to his law. According to his law, see. Not that law of man. Sisters, not that gay law. By Peter, please raise your arm to the square as instructed. Okay, so they're going to take on themselves this oath. Each of you bring your right arm to the square. And the law of chastity, which used to be something that was Each used in LDS temples in order to promote God, not only chastity, angels, but polygamy, is now in these latter days being used the in the chastity, LDS temples to promote not only chastity, but anti... Each of you bow your head and say yes. Homosexuality. Yes. Now it's an anti-homosexual slogan. We will now give kind of like the, the proclamation on the family from 1995. Or sign of the nail, okay, now they're going to get the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood. Okay. And now, now they're going to start describing it. So now it has changed, and we have, it's a, it's a screen slide that's showing how this is done. No, I'm sorry, this is the first token. I can say, see by looking at it. This is the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood, which they're going to receive in association with the law of chastity. Whew. And they've got Adam and Eve. They're all dressed up in their temple gear. They have a white background. It looks like white curtains. And then they're receiving it from an officiant who has white as well. So it's showing how it's to be done. And this is another interesting thing is that historically, what happened is that everybody who went to the temple endowment actually received from the people officiating this sign. In other words, this, the person would come to every person on the men's side. A man would do it on the men's side. A woman would do it on the woman's side. And they would go with each of the people and make that sign. I should say token. I'm talking about the hand clasp. Sometimes I get them confused. It's like Elder Oaks and Elder Holland. I get them confused as well sometimes. But they would make it with each individual. So they were actually receiving the sign. Now, they don't do that anymore. There is no touchy-touchy in the temple as far as the tokens go. And you just sort of see it on the screen. And it's sort of like that's good enough now for government work. Okay, what's going on now? If I were receiving the endowment today, either for myself or for the dead, uh -oh. I would repeat in my mind these words after making Okay, now they're going to talk about names. So they're going to give the name of the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood. So I've got the volume turned down. Once again, this is sacred stuff to many, many people and to me, how I used to be. And I certainly didn't appreciate it when people were making Temple of the God Makers or whatever or displaying the, the, um, the temple endowment signs and tokens. So I'm not going to do that now. Oop. The only problem is I'm not sure exactly where they are. Each of you makes a sign of the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood or sign of the nail right. by bringing Whoa. the left hand. Okay, okay. They say it over and over and over again. That's one of the problems with the endowment. It's like the Book of Mormon has it came to pass a million times. And if you took them all out, it would be a better book. It would be a quicker read. It would be streamlined and it would be mercifully shorter. What they've done here is they've taken out a lot of the duplication in the creation ceremony of the endowment, which has been helpful, okay? But they could do the same thing with the, the signs, the names, the tokens, because they always say, this is what you're going to receive, and they explain it. And then they say, this is what you're receiving, and then they explain it. And then they say, this is what you received, and then explain it. Really, just once is enough, okay? Once is enough. Let's see what's going on now. We have been down to Adam and Eve and their posterity and have done all that we were commanded to do 
everything that we were commanded to do. We are good boys. That's what Elder Bednar calls them, good boys and girls. The ones who do everything they're supposed to do. And have done all that they were commanded to do. You see, there it is again. Only once, once is enough. Send down Peter, James, and John, and instruct them to give unto Adam and Eve and their posterity in the terrestrial world. We got something the else coming. The law of consecration. In connection with the law of the gospel the of big Jesus C. Christ and the law of sacrifice. Yes. Cause them to receive it by covenant. Yep, you got to receive everything Instruct by covenant. Peter, That's binding. You can't break those covenants. Adam and Eve and their posterity, the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood. Right. With the, the patriarchal grip. Ooh, the patriarchal or grip. Sure sign of the nail. Or sure sign With of the its nail. Accompanying sign. With its accompanying sign. And to teach them the order of prayer. And to prepare them in all things to receive further instructions at the veil. Because you don't get the name until you're at Peter, the veil. James and John report at the veil. Of the second token of the Melchizedek Priesthood. It's the one that's like a whole clause, it's a whole sentence. Adam it's like a paragraph. Eve, please come to the altar. It's the hardest name to remember in the temple. Brothers and sisters, please consider yourselves as if you were respectively Adam and Eve. You know that baker's hat on Adam is not doing anything for his appearance. But it really looks like a chef's hat now, at least in there. In connection with the law of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the law of sacrifice. Maybe it's no longer a baker's hat, now it looks like a chef's hat, like Chef Boyardee. Except in the temple, it's Chef Pele Ale. Talents and everything with which the Lord has blessed you. There's another picture of Jesus. Man, they're shoehorning this guy in there. Right, this is consecration. This is where you say, I'm giving it all, baby, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As invited by Peter, please raise your arm to the square as instructed. And now they're going to take it. So this is what you're going to get. Now we're going to take it. It's all this duplication. This whole thing about consecration is like this um, this video that I just saw, this video clip from Elder Kevin Pearson, who's in the first quorum of 70, just a few days ago. He's having a special fireside meeting with elderly members of the church, and he wants them to go on a mission, but he challenges them not just to go on one mission. These are people who are retired, for crying out loud. Presumably, the guys and some of the girls went on missions when they were young, but no, that's not enough. Now you need to go on another mission. And he doesn't challenge them just to go on one mission. He challenges them to go on two missions. One, a full-time proselyting mission, and second, a welfare mission here in Utah. So they can have more free labor, says the church, with about $157 billion in the Enzyme Peak account. The Enzyme Peak Advisors account, the EPA account. Because they really need that free labor, because they don't have enough money to pay people. Okay, so now they're talking about this accompanying sign once again. Okay, the token has reference to the crucifixion of the Savior. Then, fearing that the weight of his body would cause the nails to tear through the flesh of the hands, they drove nails through his wrists. Therefore, in the palm is the sign of the nail, and in the wrist is the sure sign of the nail, or the nail in the sure place. Okay. 
This token is given by Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and turn the volume down. We'll talk a little bit about that for a second. Because the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood and the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood both jointly represent the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I thought it was always interesting when it was actually received up until recently when the people attending the session actually received these signs from the people who were officiating. It was symbolic that the people receiving it were also being crucified just as Jesus Christ had been crucified. I thought there was wonderful symbolism there. The other thing, oh, and and I want to say that previously, before they started shoehorning all these slides of Jesus into the temple, I thought, wait a second, it's possible to interpret the endowment as that Jesus is in the endowment because he is everybody who is attending the endowment, at least by the point that they get done with receiving the tokens of the Melchizedek priesthood. Because now everybody becomes symbolically a Jesus Christ. They're already symbolically an Adam and an Eve. But now everybody, man and woman, becomes symbolically Jesus Christ. The other thing about it that I thought was interesting is that if you take both of those signs for the Melchizedek priesthood and understand you have to combine them in order to understand them correctly, I thought maybe a similar thing would happen with the signs and tokens of the Aaronic priesthood that maybe they are not to be understood individually, but in combination. And if you look at them in combination, the first token of the Aaronic priesthood and the second token of the Aaronic priesthood, it seems to symbolize something going from a higher point to a lower point. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you know what it is, then you'll understand what I'm saying, which then could lend itself to the interpretation that it is not just God condescending to come to earth, going from a higher position to a lower position, but also everybody who's in the endowment going from the pre-mortal life coming down to earth, even as Adam and Eve did. Okay, end of commentary. Let's see what's going on. Dressed in the robes of the holy priesthood, you are prepared to be taught the true order of prayer. Okay, now we get to the true order of prayer. The veil. Individuals and couples who desire to participate in the prayer circle will please come forward and form a circle around the altar. All right, so now everybody who wants to come up to participate in the true order of prayer can make a circle around the altar. And so now the officiator is saying we need about eight brothers and eight sisters. It still has to be boy, girl, boy, girl. The rules of etiquette must be observed. So now they're heading up there. And what they're going to do as they stand around this altar is they are going to once again repeat all the names and the signs, the tokens that they have received. The name, signs, and tokens of the first, uh, the first name, sign, token of the erotic, the second name, sign, and token of the erotic, the name, sign, and token for the first of the um, Melchizedek, and then the second sign and token of the Melchizedek priesthood. So they're going to all the best of feelings should exist in the prayer circle. If any of you have unkind feelings toward any member of this circle, you are invited to withdraw so that the spirit of the Lord may be unrestrained. In the prayer circle, we make the signs of all the tokens of the holy priesthood received in the temple today. There you see. We will begin by making the sign of the first token of the Aaronic priesthood. This is done by bringing the... Okay, right okay, okay. Putting the volume down once again. 
So everybody's going to stand around in a circle. This is, as I understand it, what the apostles do, though apparently without the women. When they pray in the temple during their meetings, they do the whole prayer circle thing. They're dressed in the robes. Maybe, maybe not. But they do go through this in order to petition the Lord to find answers from him, such as um, that blacks, it's okay for them to have the priesthood and go to the temple as long as it's 1978 and no earlier. And apparently they're also going and petitioning the Lord about all sorts of important things in this manner, such as the role of women in the church, such as what the heck are we going to do about gay people in the church? And um, I don't know. I don't think they're getting a lot of answers, but they are using the true order of prayer, which is itself its own interesting idea, because we would think that prayer is the soul's sincere desire, right? This is how we communicate with God, that we can get on our knees and we can petition God. We can talk with him. We can talk with her. We can commune with them. We can get maybe answers to our prayers. But that's such an individual kind of thing, and there's no special signs or tokens that go along with it when we pray to God. However, what Joseph Smith came up with is a better way to pray and a better way to petition God. And that way is not something that can be done individually on your own. It has to be done in the temple. It has to be done with other people present, and it has to be done under the sanction and authority of the LDS church. So this super secret manner of prayer, which is apparently super effective, better than the other. I mean, if it's not better than the regular kind of prayer, why have it in the first place? But this kind of prayer, this special kind of prayer, this holy order of prayer can be conducted only through the church. The church holds all the keys on the special order of prayer. And as they're doing this, I'm looking at this film that was made, and apparently the person who made the film actually did get up and got in this order of prayer, the prayer circle. So now I'm looking across at all these people. It's blurred, so we cannot see their faces. All we can see is their blurred images wearing their temple clothes and their aprons and raising their hands and making these different signs and tokens. And there's the officiator. The officiator's now going to kneel at the um, the altar, and he's going to offer his prayer, which I think it's okay for us to listen in on. At least I think so. Hmm. Don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I can't hear anything. I've got the volume up. I haven't had any problems so far. Hang on a second. That was unfortunate. I went much earlier. And the wrist is the sure sign of the nail, or the nail in the sure place. But at least we know that it's working. That's only the best of feelings should exist in the temple. Okay. Where? All right. I think we've got this individual who's now officiating and kneeling and praying. It does appear that the audio on this section is not present with the film. We've certainly heard everything else and have had to decrease the volume in order to keep from hearing too much. Okay. So everybody's there. It's all blurred. It's not looking culty at all, I must say. You know, that's one of the things. This thing has always looked so dang culty. Even in 1979, when I was going through the first time, I don't have my mom there. I don't have anybody there that I know. I'm the first and only member of my family to convert, which I did right out of high school, much to their chagrin. And I'm going through the temple, and I'm looking around, and especially at everything everybody's wearing, and the chanting, and the Pele ale, and thinking, 
Wow, this is unusual. And you know, I would have thought it was culty, except for one thing. I didn't even know what a cult was when I was 19. Here I am in the thick of this very cultish behavior, and I've got no word for it. All I know is, this seems decidedly odd. But everybody else is doing it. They've been members of the church. There's grown men and women there. There's really older men and women there. And there's other missionaries there. And everybody's acting like, this is okay. So if everybody's okay with this, I guess I am too. Uh-oh. Let me see here if I can find what's going on. Okay. Or otherwise afflicted. Whom we are requested to remember in our prayer. Okay. We will place this list upon the altar. Here comes the prayer roll. And request the faith of those present in behalf of these persons. The prayer roll is, of course, the names of the people that have been written on this list of paper by the people who go to the temple who need special prayers. And we sort of take them and put them in. It's not a box, it's sort of like a fabric container. Put them up on the temple altar. Here. Temple altar, and now we're going to pray over these names, and that's going to have Those some kind of beneficial impact. Okay, so now the officiator is kneeling. I've seen this part before. This is where we lost the volume before. Yeah? Did you hear that? There was a little click there, and I think that whoever put this up originally, for whatever reason, took out the audio of the exact prayer that's being stated. But it's at this point, the officiator, he comes, uh, he's in the middle of the prayer circle. Once again, the prayer circle is the eight men and women or so who are around the altar. The officiator kneels at the altar. He's surrounded by everybody. And he takes the, the package of names that are on the prayer rolls of the temple, places it on the altar, and then leads the prayer. And he will say a line of the prayer, he'll say, uh, our dear Heavenly Father, and everybody else who's in the prayer circle repeats after him, our dear Heavenly Father. And whatever he says as part of his prayer, you know, we thank thee for this day we can worship in the temple. And everybody else says, we thank thee uh, that we could worship this day in the temple. And we thank thee, O God, for our wonderful prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. And everybody says, and we thank thee for our wonderful prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. It's basically your standard kind of prayer, but it's made culty, it's cultified by the fact that everybody's repeating line upon line, precept upon precept, after everything that the person giving the prayer is saying. And they do it all the way through to the end while they're dressed in their full temple clothes, standing in a circle, having made all the name signs and tokens or signs and tokens of the Melchizedek priesthood and the Aaronic priesthood. Now, once again, the one thing they don't do is give the name of the Melchizedek priesthood because they have not received the name that's associated with the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood at this point. That's the one thing they don't have. And looking at the structure of the endowment, what's somewhat interesting to me is that they pray and then at the end of the prayer, what's going to happen symbolically is that God is going to appear in response to their prayer. But they cannot approach God directly. God appears on the other side of the veil. They can only approach God through the veil. And then upon showing God that they have received and remember all the name signs and tokens of the Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood, except for that most sacred name of the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood, that is where they learn the second name, which they can learn only from God through the veil. And God will give it to them through the veil, and then the patron will give 
that name back to God through the veil and then be admitted into the presence of God. Oh, here we have the veil. So they're done with the prayer. The veil of the temple symbolically represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's nice. So they have the veil in the temple, which is, of course, from masonry. But now they're going to go to Hebrews, where it talks about Jesus being the veil of the temple. That would be the veil in the actual Jewish temple, which is rent, according to the Gospels, upon Jesus' crucifixion. These marks are the marks of the holy priesthood. And corresponding marks are found in your individual garment. Okay, so they're talking about the marks of the holy priesthood that are in the veil. Once again, this is another slide. It used to be they would have a person actually show up there and use a pointer to point at the different places in the veil itself, which is a curtain. And there's room on this side, which is where everybody is, and on the other side is the celestial room. And that's where a person representing God is going to show up in order to communicate with the patrons through the veil. As I say, the patrons show God that they have learned everything that they're supposed to learn in the endowment, with the name, signs, and tokens of everything, except for that name of the second token of the Melchizedek Priesthood, which they then receive from God through the veil and then give back to God through the veil and then are admitted into his presence, which is symbolic of the celestial kingdom. So I've got to tell you, I'm not sure that that much is going to happen from here on out. They're going to talk about the veil. This is the knee mark. And they're going to talk about the different marks of the holy priesthood. to be over the knee. Okay, Suggesting that so they have all of these marks in the temple veil which correspond to the marks which are in the temple garment which everybody who's in this room has received even if they're going through for their own endowment that day for the first time they've already received it as part of the washing and anointing ordinance which they went through prior to showing up for the temple endowment in the endowment room. They're washed, they're anointed and then they receive the garment and they place the garment upon themselves and that's the order it goes in. Even though within the endowment itself, it's a little bit disjointed because in the endowment itself, they start off without a garment and it's only when, what is it? It's uh, when Elohim tells Jehovah and Michael, I think, to go make skins for them so that they can have these garments on, right? Back when we were talking about they don't say what animal they're gonna kill and I made some comment about if it was a cheetah, it'd be really stylish. So actually, in the Temple Endowment, it's halfway through the Temple Endowment that you get your garment. But nevertheless, you show up there with your garment before the Temple Endowment even begins in real life. It could have used a little bit of modification there, I think. Of course, you don't want to stop the Endowment midway through and have everybody going off into restrooms to change their into their garment. Oh, okay. We have a slide which has a person representing Adam going up to the veil and exchanging the different tokens with Elohim on the other side of the veil. And Elohim is placing his hand through the veil so that those tokens can be exchanged. This Adam is a person of color. That's really good. So he's got his baker's hat on and he has his robes on. It's a person of color at the veil. This is uh, an inclusive temple slideshow. It's interesting that he does represent Adam because it wasn't that long ago I saw the movie Black Adam. That movie was not that good, by the way. Of course, I don't like much that's DC. I am a Marvel fan, as you know. As bad as the Black Adam movie was, though, I think it was a little better than the Temple Endowment slideshow. I'll give it that. And speaking of movies, would it help the endowment if you could maybe get popcorn out at the front counter before you went into the show? I think that the 
The church could make a lot of money off of that, by the way. Okay, now I'm putting down the volume. So this is the entirety of the new temple video. It is a slideshow. It's a strange thing that's a slideshow, but once again, it's strange, but it's not strange because, of course, they're trying to make it so that they, if they make a whole film with the new changes, then when there's new changes, they're going to have to make another film again, and this is an expensive process. Instead, they're just going to do a slideshow. So all they have to do is add or subtract or change the language of it, and you can keep the slideshow as it is and not have to worry about refilming the entire endowment. Now, if that is the case, and it seems to be the case, that the reason that they're doing it is because they're leaving it open for any future changes. I mean, President Nelson has made so many changes in the Temple Endowment. This is at least the third set of changes he's made since he became president only about five years ago. And I would just say that if God could just sit down for a few minutes, I know he's a busy guy, and write down and let President Nelson know all the changes at once that God wants to make in the endowment. Instead of like every six months or every year, just let President Nelson know what they all are at once. Then they could create a film that would have an enduring appeal. They wouldn't have to keep making changes because God let them know what they were at the beginning. That would be helpful. But apparently God doesn't know, or at least isn't talking about all the little changes he's going to make in the endowment in the future. He's just going to hand it out piecemeal. Okay. So this appears to be the end of the endowment. And of course, after it is over, everybody's going to go through the veil and be very happy to be in the clean, reverent, and somewhat sterile representation of the celestial kingdom that is the celestial room. Let's see what's going on now. Jehovah, instruct Peter, James, and John to introduce Adam and Eve and their posterity at the veil, where we will give unto them the name of the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal grip or sure sign of the nail, preparatory to their entering into our presence. It shall be done, Elohim. Peter, James, and John, you will introduce Adam and Eve and their posterity. Okay, once was enough, guys. We will give unto them the they're going to say it again. Second token of the yeah, we got Christ it the first time. This the is one of the things that is so mind-numbingly sure boring the about the endowment. to their entering into our presence. It shall be done, Jehovah. Yeah, we got it. Come, James and John. We will introduce them at the veil. Brothers and sisters, we are instructed to introduce you at the veil, where you will receive the name of the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal grip, or sure sign of the nail, preparatory to your entering into the holy presence of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Sounds great, huh? And I think that's it. Music will swell and Brothers then fade. And sisters, Thank you for your attendance in the temple today. You're very welcome. Temple workers will now assist you as you are presented at the veil. Okay, and I think this is going to be the end of the film. I think that's the end of the recorded part of the endowment. After that, everybody just goes up to the veil, and they, they're doing their best to remember all the stuff that was presented to them. I know I was frantic the first time I went through the temple thinking, I've got to remember all this stuff. That is the end of the video. 
Yeah, I wasn't told that there would be somebody standing right there who would prompt me all the way through. Anyway, that is the end of this video. I want to say a couple of things here. You did hear once again about the emphasis on the name of the second token of the Melchizedek Priesthood, which will be given to you at the veil. This is a name. It's called a name. And I just want to say that I think that this is the name of God. And the reason I think that is because there are four names that are given. The first name has to do with the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood. And the second name has to do with the second token of the Aaronic Priesthood. And the first name is the new name that you receive at the temple. And the second name is just your own given name. I hope I haven't said too much by saying that. But in other words, those two names sort of go along with the tokens themselves from a higher state to a lower state, from the pre-mortal existence, which is what the new name, I think, is supposed to represent. We know it's not really what it is because every guy who goes to the temple throughout the world on a given day gets the same new name. Every gal who goes to the temple throughout the world on the same day gets the same new name. It has nothing to do with what you were really called in the pre-mortal existence, but I do think it represents that name. So you've got the new name, the pre-mortal existence name, symbolically associated with the first token of the Aaronic Priesthood. Then you get your own name, which is the mortal name that you're known by here on this earth, associated with the second token of the, of the Aaronic Priesthood, which goes along with the tokens from a higher state to a lower state. Not bad, huh? Okay, but now you get to the name of the first token of the Melchizedek Priesthood, which has to do with Jesus Christ, right? Just like the tokens do. So there is a pattern that's being followed here. And there is a connection between names and tokens. Signs I'm not so sure about, but maybe. Anyway, you get the name of the first token of the Melchizedek Priesthood, which is the name of Jesus Christ in a fashion. So if that is what the third name is, what can the fourth name, these are going in crescendo. What is the fourth name going to be except for the name of God? You've already got the name of the Son of God. What's left that's higher than that except for the name of God? It is specifically called a name. It resists the interpretation of being a name because it doesn't sound like a name. It sounds like an entire paragraph. But I think that maybe that's still what it's supposed to be. The new name of God. Or I should say the powerful name of God. The unknown, the sacred name of God. The name which if you can find it out, you have the key now. The key of power. And that is what Joseph Smith was leading his people to through the temple endowment. All right, I think that's it. I think I've said everything I want to say. This has been an interesting experiment. I'm almost terrified to go back and listen to how this sounds, but well, there you go. Hopefully this is going to work out. Thank you for joining me in this experiment. That's about all for tonight. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon, signing off the air.